now playing. Why so serious? What is the matrix? Have you ever danced with the devil in the pale moonlight? Oh, what's in the box? Like scary movies. What does Marcellus Wallace look like? You talking to me? You talking to me? Movie reviews in 20 cues. Hello, good people, and welcome to Movie Reviews and 20 Qs, the show where we review a movie by asking 20 weird and wonderful questions about it. This week, the movie that we've chosen to do is Get Out, and I am joined by two of my usual guest hosts. Uh, first of all, Stacey Gavin. How are you, Stacey? Good, thanks, Sam. Happy to be here. Really? Yes. And I'm also joined by Kahu. How are you? I'm great, and I'm overjoyed to be reviewing <laughs> an enjoyable and excellent movie. Ooh, nice. Ooh. I, think, I think I've reviewed about four rubbish movies in a row, so <laughs> this is going to be a welcome change. Kahu's showing his hand uh, quite early here on what he thinks of this movie, but that's all good. So, stick around, guys. This is going to be a big episode. We're going to do 20 questions about Get Out, but also hang around at the end. We're going to give you our Oscar predictions. And that's kind of the reason why we picked this movie is it's um, done incredibly well for a horror mystery or whatever they're calling it on IMDb to be got a lead actor, best picture, best, best director, original screenplay. It's been nominated for a ton. And I mean, we'll get straight into the reviews here. Rotten Tomatoes have this at 99% and IMDb have this at 77 Now, what about you guys? What would you rate this movie out of 10,000? 8,722. Wow. What about you, Kahu? I'm going for 9,300, which I which I think may be about the best rating I've given a movie on movie reviews in 20 Qs. <laughs> yeah. Um, wow. I, I think this kind of isn't, isn't a genre that I watch regularly, so maybe that's yeah. inflated my score a bit. Um, maybe I should watch a few more yeah, horror sure. slash thrillers. I can give you a lot of recommendations. I'm a bit of a horror fan. <laughs> uh, so yeah, if you, you guys haven't been to see Get Out, but you still want to listen to the podcast anyway, what we're going to do is first hit you of the plot of Get Out and then, yeah, get into our questions. So what's the plot of the movie? The plot of the movie is pretty simple. So we have a interracial couple, a black guy, Chris, and a white girl, Rose, and they're going to see her parents for the first time. But as far as meeting the parents goes, it goes rapidly downhill. <laughs> usually what we do in this podcast is we usually save the last question for being our fan question. We sort of judge who gave the best fan question. But this week, you know, had a few good ones. So much so that we had two equally good ones from two different podcasts. And I always try to go out of my way to do shout outs on the podcast. You know, share the podcast love. One of these sort of pertain to the start of the movie and one of these questions pertain to the end of the movie. We're going to have the one that pertained to the start of the movie first. So this became courtesy of Tony of the Flix X-Rayed podcast. Thanks for your question. Mad love to you and your show and thank you very much. Cheers. Thanks, Tony. So his question that he wanted to know from us is what is the most awkward meet the parents of a friend or girlfriend that you guys have ever had? don't have any great answers for this, sorry Tony, uh, but I did meet my wife's father for the first time on our wedding day. <gasps> Holy shit. Wow. And he's a policeman, so... So you were trying to dodge him <laughs> with the plane, weren't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Leave it till it's too late. Fair enough. Oh, that's fascinating. What about you, honey? Okay, so my weird meeting the parents moment is actually the first time that Sam met my parents. Oh, god damn it. Yep, I'm dragging you into this. 
<laughs> we went and stayed with them for the weekend and my mum has a reading room across the hallway from the bathroom and it just so happened that they that Sam was in the bathroom having a shower and mum was in her reading room and they both walked out of their rooms at the same time. <laughs> so my mum got an eyeful of Sam with uh, naked with just a towel wrapped around him. She got a face full of hairy chest. <laughs> <laughs> my poor mum. <laughs> right, so my most awkward story is that I grew up in a small town that was about half an hour's drive from a sort of major city in New Zealand called Hamilton. Anyway, my girlfriend when I was 16 years old lived over in Hamilton and I lived in the small town and her parents decided, oh, you know, these guys have been going out for a while. Maybe we'll let them come stay the night and get to know us and, you know, we'll... You know, you know, slowly get to intermingle the families or whatever. So that, that was cool. So I went over to stay with them. And when I got there, walked into the house and the dad was like, Oi, you come with me. You're going to wander around the house. So we start wandering around the house. And he's like, right, that's that's where your girlfriend's bedroom is. I'm like, yep. And he's like, this is our room. So we're right beside her room so we can hear anything. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. And then he sort of walks me down the hallway. He's like, that's her sister's room. I'm like, yep. And then he points at this cupboard and goes, that's where I keep my guns. <laughs> I'm like, sort of staring at him he's like yeah you hear me right i've got guns in there and if i think there's an orc you know a prowler prowling around the house it's the first place i'm going mate first place i'm going <laughs> so i was just like sort of standing in the hallway shitting myself so much so that later on everyone to everyone went to bed and i was sleeping out in the lounge sort of thing and my girlfriend came out into the lounge and was like, hey, what are you up to? Do you want to? I was like, fuck, out of this room right fucking now. <laughs> so I hope you like those answers, Tony. Once again, uh, mad love to you and your podcast. Anybody listening to this, look up Flix X-Ray. It's really good. Go check it out, guys. But that moves us on to our standard set of all play questions that we have for every movie. So first up, compliment sandwich. I want you guys to name one thing good, one thing bad, and one thing good about this film. Basically everything I think in this movie was just nailed perfectly. Wow. Um, <laughs> That's a cinematic <laughs> orgasm from Cody. <laughs> <laughs> one thing I didn't like, but I think was probably done on purpose, was that all the black victims were stereotypes. So we had the photographer, we had another guy that was an athlete, um, mm. who was, you know, recreating the whole Jesse Owens thing. Yeah, got and the other guy was a jazz musician, I think, which is just about as stereotypical as you can get. But I think that was the whole reasoning behind that was uh, because they're obviously talented physically. So yeah, they were getting they wanted to take over their yeah, bodies. Yeah. Um, no one was picking Rod the TSA agent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I just liked all the attention to uh, detail and the hints that went on throughout the movie. I really liked that this was like an intelligent horror I don't watch horror movies because they're usually just a bit dumb or they've got gaping plot holes or they're too gory. Yeah. But I thought this, I really liked um, that aspect of it. I didn't like her creepy brother. I didn't really see what he added to the picture. Like she reeled the, the black guys in, the parents, the mum hypnotised, the dad did the surgery. The brother just picked fights and was a dickhead the whole time. Yeah, he was like a real red flag for anyone that was coming to stay. Mm. You know what I mean? He'd be enough to make you want to get the hell out of there. Eh? Yeah, 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 just meeting and him. He was a bit of a wiener. Like, how is he overpowering these guys? Mm. Yeah, Didn't really get that. Well, he knows fucking MMA or whatever. But yeah, mm. They needed somebody to play the ukulele. 
<laughs> yes, with that creepy music oh, and creepy at the right. I actually really liked the casting. I thought that everyone in this was really, really good actors and good choices for their roles, yeah. apart from the brother. The thing I like the most about this movie is the instant, like, sort of Kari touch on about it, is the rewatchability. There's so mm. much that when you know what's going to happen and you watch it the second time, you're like, oh, 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 you know, you get the symbolism, like, all the white people showing up in black cars is like it's white people inside black bodies. And mm. the, the like when he starts picking cotton, sticks it in his ears, it's like, oh, you know, it's reminiscent of Africans having to pick cotton as being part of slavery and all that mm. sort of stuff. Mm. It was like like even the grandpa being a sprinter because he was gutted that he lost to Jesse Owens. There was so much rewatchability. In terms of bad things, I'm literally struggling to come up with anything. I know, I know. There wasn't an, enough rod. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like... Too much rod is not enough. That guy was amazing. <laughs> Absolutely love that dude. The other good thing is it just subverted genres. Like horror movies can be really, really dumb. And that one could have been really dumb and overacted and all that sort of stuff. But it was very subtle in their performances and everything like that. And I think that's what I really liked about it. Mm. Yeah. It didn't... Like, it's amazing that Jordan Peele's a first-time director mm. of a horror film. You know, he's known for comedy, and then he goes and directs this. It's like, mm. what the hell? Mm-hmm. Good work, dude. Okay, so that moves us on to question number three. What flavor ice cream is this movie? Easy. Cookies and cream. Oh, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a, third, that's a second, damn it. That's why I had to get in first. <laughs> I think we're all saying cookies and cream. <laughs> I mean, my, my reasoning for that was not... Not obvious, it was more that cream as an off-white, which was kind of the whole, you know, mingling of racial lines in this movie. Mm. Mm, true. I, I'm going to go with cookies and cream as well, but I'm going to go with excessively cold cookies and cream. So much so, it gives you brain freeze. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you haven't seen the movie, what happens is that uh, the big plot point in it is that uh, Catherine Keener's character who plays... Chris, the main character's girlfriend's mum, hypnotises them and causes them to freeze and become basically their hypnotic slaves. Yeah. Okay, so that moves us on question number four. Now, I think we're a bit of an advantage here, given that we aren't uh, African-American, but how long would you guys survive in this movie's world? Uh, I mean, I'm kind of perplexed. I, I guess I'd fall maybe more into the white category, so <laughs> I guess then uh, forever, but in a black body, I guess. <laughs> or if I'm considered black, maybe just forever anyway, but in the sunken place. True, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm white, and but I'm not rich, so I don't even think I would have made the party. I would have been one of those people that is getting annoyed by Rod at the airport. I think that <laughs> that would be my role in this movie. What about you, Stacey? I agree with you. I struggled to see how I'd fit into this at all. If I had to be involved, probably not long, to be honest. I really couldn't go along with this knowing... What was going on? I'd probably disown my parents. Yeah. Okay, next question. What character clearly needs to get laid? Gotta be that old woman at the party, which is just kind of grabbing Chris and <laughs> it's just like she's jumping him, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, oh, she's got issues and rather than going through this whole charade, wouldn't it just Viagra have been better? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to subvert uh, the question a little bit as well and I'm actually going to say what character needed to get laid and that's going to be the woman who actually turns andre into her husband or put her husband into andre because she looks like one happy older woman after that yeah i think she definitely needed to and it just looks like she's been smashed in what about you stays <laughs> i think that it would be really nice if rod had a girlfriend 
Oh, he's so sweet and lovely, and he's a good friend, and he searches for the truth. So yeah, you know. he's good. He's yeah. oh, he, fucking probably my favorite character by far in this movie. <laughs> So question number six. What deep philosophical debate arose in you while watching this movie? So my deep philosophical debate that arose during this movie was in regards to the police. And Rod went to them with a case and some information that they laughed at, then refused to look into in any way, <laughs> shape or form. And yes, he did embellish a little bit at the end with his Sexy. conclusions. Yeah. <laughs> but everything else leading up to it was le- seemed like legitimate information. So I was just a bit perplexed. Is that really what happens when you take information like that to the police? I don't know. When you're a TSA agent and you probably get the same training as the police, maybe even better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> stop terrorists yeah. and shit. My deep philosophical debate, and bear with me because this gets a bit weird, but <laughs> what would happen if this procedure was performed on hundreds of black people and the armitage is forget which ones have the white brains? Meaning which black people have the white <laughs> brains. So then they might sort of reoperate on these people. And so you would then have a black person within the sunken place of a white person's sunken place. And man, that is so depressing. Well, we could actually already have that happening already. It would explain a lot of mental illness and things like that. Stacey, you are definitely getting deep in philosophical. (laughs) It'd be like when you watch something on TV and they're filming a TV in the background. And so it's a continuous picture. Yeah. And imagine that, you'd be like, Help me. <laughs> and the TV's within the TV real far away. Fuck, you just want to ax yourself. Off it. You just yeah, <laughs> yeah. You have those voices. For death, man. <laughs> but yeah. you can't because you don't control your body. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what if they do it again and again and then you just yeah. never die? Your endless loop. <laughs> oh. Oh, man. I feel this good. I'm going to have nightmares now. Good, <laughs> <laughs> no, I've got an overactive imagination. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's why you're bald. Because of all the surgeries. <laughs> too many, what? You have too many surgeries and I go bald? Go bald from getting, going out with a ginger. Yeah, Moving yeah. right along, Sam. Yeah, so my one is, when I was watching it, I thought to myself, okay, this girl at some point has been sat down by her parents, maybe when she was a young girl, and they basically said to her, look, honey, we're going to need you to start learning how to be very seductive and attractive and hot to black people so that you can seduce them. Bring them back here so we can cut their heads open and then we can take their brain out and then we can put your grandma's brain into that body. And, ha- like, what would you do if you're in that circumstance? There's no answer, guys. <laughs> yes. There's no, there's no answer. That's, that's, that's why it was a debate. Very much a hypothetical question. <laughs> yeah. The best way I think that the parents could have broached this would have been at the point at which their grandparents were transplanted brains were transplanted mm. because even if they knew nothing about it up until that point like these people and their families that they loved you know their grandparents yeah they got to continue living so that's the sales pitch to the mm. kids right they're like this is a great opportunity for people to continue living i get that but when you go through the photos you see that she's had probably half a dozen before you got to the photos of the mother and i mean before you got to the photos of the 
bodies that the grandmother and the grandfather were in. Mm. It was like about it was half a dozen or more photos before you actually got to the grandmother woman. So yeah, she's she's had a fair bit of practice with this. Yeah, unless they kind of weren't all in order, or maybe the old people had kind of a long illness and they True, were preparing yeah. for it. Yeah. Okay, so that moves on to question number seven. What would a character's online dating profile name be? Rose's online dating profile is Black Bodies Matter. <laughs> Disclaimer, not making light of the Black Lives Matter movement, <laughs> which yeah. I fully endorse. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so my own for this would be Rod. He's a TSA agent. But I reckon his online dating profile name would be TNA agent, a.k.a. a tits and ass agent. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Because he's the T and motherfucking A. <laughs> okay, so I've got one for Rose as well. Oh, yeah. Rose is getting around, eh? Yeah. So, <laughs> as the saying goes, once you go black, you never go back. That's true. So, her name would be Never Go Back. Yeah, that makes sense. Nice. That's a good one these days. Nice. Mm. That moves on to question number eight. Which subplot from the movie would make for its own awesome spin-off movie? I think we've all got the same answer <laughs> to say. Yeah. On the count of three, one, two, three. Rod. Rod. <laughs> He's motherfucking yeah. TSA. Yeah. We, that Rod spin-off movie needs to happen now. Yes, it that, does. That motherfucker is the man. He's got to make a comeback. Yeah. Seeing there's very few other characters that could. Although, just I just have one other point about that. He was such... It was more about quality rather than quantity in this movie. And I fear that an entire Rod movie would just be... Full flat, like yeah. Keanu. <laughs> or are you more thinking that, like, Bruce Almighty was, like, a kind of alright movie, and Stephen Carell had this, like, really awesome cameo that was a small role, and then they turned it into Evan Almighty, and it was fucking god-awful. Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. Yeah. Mm. Way to kill the buzz, Stacey Gavin. Oh, yeah, but still, <laughs> maybe, like, a TV series of Rod. Okay, so it moves on to question number nine. Stacey's favourite question, making a return, back in the lineup. Look at that pleasured face of absolute <laughs> disgust. How would you incorporate the living legend, the man, the myth, Stacey's favourite actor, Nicolas Cage, into this movie? Okay, so I'm going to be quite nice to him, but true what? to, true to no. form, he's going to be a short in and out character. I would allow he's him... to get out <laughs> of this film. <laughs> yes, I would allow him to play the cop who pulls them over on the way up to see the parents oh, when they hit the role. deer. So he pulls them up, short conversation, out. Mm. <laughs> uh, so I went with our good friend Nicolas Cage being one of the bidders at the auction uh, oh, yeah. because he would do anything to get his con air hair back. <laughs> <laughs> or like pretty that. much hair in any form. What was his con air hair like? Like Ooh. slicked back, but oh, it's awful. It's in the, in the pantheon of Nicolas Cage wigs. It's ranking up there as one of the most abysmally disgusting wigs you've ever seen. Eh? Yeah. Is, is he actually in any movies when he did have hair? Uh, it must be sort of he, early to mid-90s-ish. There was a one shot of him in Fast Times at Ridgemont High back in 1984, which was his acting debut. Right. So, uh, he was 18 at the time, so I think he might have... <laughs> so is he actually bald? Oh, yeah. He's as bald as I am. You never see him like that. The magic of Hollywood. I never him. see him anyway. Yeah, I was about to say... I try, try not to. Uh... Brace yourself, audience. We're about to show Stacey Gavin a photo of Nicolas Cage from Conier. 
Yeah, he could have that here as the cop also, <laughs> my character. Just a greasy hillbilly cop, you reckon? Yeah. I reckon it would have either ruined or added to the film if we had have had him as Rose and Jeremy's grandfather. So when Chris wakes up and he's in the seat and the TV magically comes on and starts playing the induction video of what's going to happen to you, if that guy was Nicolas Cage playing the grandfather of like, hello, you're going to be in a wonderful place, blah, 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 all that sort of shit. Purely because it would add to the creepiness level of factor, you know? That, like, as soon as Chris woke up and saw that creepy dude, they would have been like, yeah, I'm fucked. I'm absolutely fucked. Yeah, yeah, he could have done his face off crazy eyes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so that moves us down to the last question of the All Play Rounds. What would be the porn parody name of this movie? I think this is already a porn par- parody name. <laughs> Get out. That kind of sounds like an (laughs) anti-porn Yeah, maybe I'm just going to expand on that And use one of my favourite catchphrases When talking to Sam (laughs) And that is Get out of there Okay, it's a very private joke It's a very private past joke It's not even as rude as you think But you, Kahu, what do you got? Root of evil (laughs) (laughs) That's good. That sort of doubles down the fact that Stephen Root, a.k.a. Milton from Office Space, is also in this movie. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that. Exactly. Right. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, so, yeah, I mean, as we have discussed, basically they take brains, they transplant them in bodies, they take them from a white body and put them into a black body host. So I'm going to go with interracial head jobs. Oh dear. Okay, so that moves us on to question number 11. Now we start with our personal questions that we ask of each other for this film. Alright, tell me who you think the creepiest character was. I've got two options, so... Okay. Uh, <laughs> is Jeremy. It's the brother. Uh, I've still got two options, but... <laughs> so I'm thinking, uh, in terms of the creepiest character, has to go to Rose, especially at the oh, end yeah, when, when Chris is choking her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good answers, guys. So also throughout this movie, there's numerous times at which Chris becomes more and more suspicious and a little bit weirded out by what's going on. So at which point in this weekend would you have just turned around, gone home and just got out of there? It's uh, the black servants and their weird stairs. I mean, so, on arrival. Nice. This would have been a fucking transplant. With a- <laughs> Come on. I mean... But but wasn't that pretty much as soon as they arrived? Yeah, yeah so you would have arrived, yeah, yeah. gone, this is weird, and left straight away. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. if you didn't realise what was going on when you got there, um, those weird stairs were what was going on, and that would have just been plenty enough to leave. Yeah. I think I probably would have put up with a fair bit, but when Andre started screaming at me, get out, get out, get out of here, and all that sort of stuff, after he flashed the camera in his eyes, I think that's probably when I would have left. Although I'm kind of nice as well, I probably would have been like, yeah, I probably would have been a transplant victim. (laughs) (laughs) No, but it's not about being nice, Sam. Like, it's about... Self-preservation? Yeah, how much danger you would potentially put yourself in. Yeah. Not not the long... Yeah. Long drive into the back blocks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, as soon as I would have got out of there, as soon as we hit the deer on the way up there. <laughs> relationships over. <laughs> yeah. This is relationships run its course. Okay, so my next question is something I brought up a little bit earlier. I was just so surprised at the police reaction to Rod's story that he was telling them. 
Um, I did like that scene. I thought it was quite comical. But is that how you would expect the police to act if you went there, went to them with some information? So the scene in question is basically Rod's very suspicious of the fact that Chris is, you know, not returning his calls and gone all sort of weird and dark and stuff. So he, and then he also sends him a photo of another guy that's gone missing. So he goes to talk to a cop, gets a black officer, uh, female officer, and is like, I'm pretty sure these guys are running a sex cult and all this other stuff. And she's like, whoa. Let me go get some people. And then she goes out, gets every other black officer that works at the police force. <laughs> and then they just piss themselves laughing in Rod's face. Yeah. And Rod's like, no, I'm telling you, they've got a weird white people sex cult booking black guys as sex slaves. <laughs> but he gets laughed out of there. It's probably one of the highlights of the movie in terms of comedic moments. Even though Rod kind of didn't give the best delivery of the situation. Yeah. If he said this guy's been missing for months, they would have at least typed in his name into the computer to see what was happening. I just thought it kind of didn't fit that well and was kind of did a bit of a padding to explain a potential plot hole yeah okay so that moves me on to my uh set of questions so as i mentioned uh, at the start of the podcast great rewatchability there's a lot of symbolism during this film that alludes to what's actually really going on that on the second viewing like ah, uh, if you go online and there's a jordan peele answers reddit theories on get out uh, look that up on youtube it's really good there might be some things that you might have missed yourself and it's really good to watch but what about you guys? What do you guys reckon was the best use of symbolism in this film? I thought the slave auction, as in Chris being auctioned off his body ah, for the highest bidder, was good. just yeah, yeah. a great parallel. And it was kind of at that point in the movie where the whole charade just fell away. Yeah, yeah that was really well done. It was slave auction slash funeral. Yeah. They had his photo up the front there, like they're acknowledging his life, but like a prize, it's about yeah. to end. Yeah. yeah. What about you, Stace? Well, maybe that was my favourite symbolism. And a lot of them were dressed in black as well, furthering the funeral theme. Um, I'm going to go with um, the end of the movie, while all the drama's going on downstairs, Rose is sitting up in her bedroom with her headphones on, looking for her next black guy to date, and she's eating Fruit Loops and drinking a glass of milk separately. Um, Whether or not that means anything, I don't know, but it sure as hell indicates that she is completely nuts. It does. Yeah. It's not mixing colour with white. Yeah. Mm. Cool. So that moves us on to my next question. Uh, quite interesting in this movie in that these guys sort of portray themselves as liberals uh, and to the point that they say one of them says that he would have voted for Obama for a third term if he could have. What about you guys? Would you guys have voted for Obama for a third term if you could have? Yes. Yeah, I would have voted for him five times. Hopefully he hasn't had a brain transplant though. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Fuck, that would be... An awesome spin-off movie as Obama is president again, but he's got Trump's brain. Mm, oh, dear. <laughs> no, 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 no. His hair would be better. Right around the yes. the brain surgery scar. Around the quaff, yeah. Okay, so that moves me on to my final personal question. At some point, the dad has asked his daughter and son to pick up black people so they have new bodies for their friends. Now, what's the most awkward request that your parents have made of you guys? On the flip side... Uh, it really doesn't get more awkward than ringing your parents to tell them that you're going to get married completely out of the blue. Ooh. Oh, <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> and listening to the deathly silence on the other end. <laughs> <laughs> What's his name? <laughs> oh, dear. I suppose, well, you did it at age 20 and they were like, oh, we're going to have to pay for a wedding already? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I bet not go into it. It's all water under the bridge now. <laughs> All's well that ends well. Yeah. True, yeah. Probably would have reacted the same way. Yeah. 
Well, mine's actually wedding related too. And I don't know how to tell you this, Sam, but my parents actually asked me to not invite you to the wedding. What, our wedding? <laughs> no. That wasn't even awkward for you. You look like you were like, yeah, yeah sure, no, I that's can. not awkward. It's awkward now. Now that I've told you. Am I still invited? <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> All good then. Okay, Sakahu, that moves us on to your set of three questions. For my first question, what is the main reason you would transplant your brain into a black person's body? There's kind of an obvious answer here for me. So, Stacey, what's your answer? <laughs> so, I could be Beyonce. So, you don't want any black person. You want Beyonce. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit, if we pick him, then I want Donald Glover. Man, if yeah. I could do one thing as well as he does everything, then, oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't just pick any old person. It would have yeah. to be specific. Yeah, I, I think it would be so that people would take my gangster rap career seriously. <laughs> you guys seem to think I'm just faking and fronting, but my gangster raps are legit. If if somebody wants to follow my SoundCloud link, they'll come to <laughs> Sam Sam the Master Ham, which is my <laughs> my rap name. Uh, so, oh, yeah. jujitsu or MMA? Which one is better and why? And the reason for this is because uh, Jeremy, the creepy brother. Is really into his MMA, but Chris has studied jiu-jitsu as a younger man. Yeah. I, I love this because Stacey has literally no idea what yeah. this conversation means. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what either of these things are in great detail or yeah, anything about them, really. MMA, because it's mixed, it's a combination of all the best, whereas jiu-jitsu is just one. I'm using maths on you. Like So it's just pure. Yes, it's just one pure martial art. Whereas MMA fighting is mixed martial arts in which you employ a range of different techniques in order to beat your opponent. So maybe there's another element of symbolism in this. Chris does a pure martial art that has a long history. Holy shit, we've cracked it! And the White family guy has mixed martial arts. Yeah. Yeah. I like it, I like it. They could even be mixed mind automaton. What? I don't know. It sounds good. <laughs> anyway, that's not literally, that's not about the sport, but oh, that's all I know. <laughs> so for our Irish listeners, our yes. previous podcast, Machu Toto, specifically told me to relay his answer for this question. <laughs> Jiu-Jitsu is so much better because you really can't stand Con McGregor at all and is wanting to take him on. People go back to the Bridesmaid podcast, you'll hear Machu Tauro, about 20 beers deep, decide to go on a rant in which he con- calls out Conor McGregor, reckons he can kick the shit out of him. So on the note of calling out the death of Machu Toto, we'll move along. <laughs> Rose's grandfather, uh, who's transplanted into the body of Walter, spoiler, um, never got over to losing to the famous american sprinter jesse owens what sporting failure haunts you to this day and either your own or somebody else's <laughs> fair enough personally i was captain of our school's first 15 i know just just restrain yourselves i know it's a pretty big deal it's pretty amazing <laughs> but i was captain of our school's first 15 and we played wesley college aka the home school of jonah lomu and several other uh, future All Blacks. Um, when we played them, Jonah had long gone, but we had we were playing against Stephen Donald, Casey Laulala. I think there's Sidavini Sivivatu on one of the wings, and basically we played Wesley College. And Wesley College scored a try off the kickoff. They then proceeded <laughs> to run in ninety points on us before the half had finished. Final <laughs> score was one hundred and forty to three. Kicked a penalty 
when we were about 40 points down. You could you could almost say then that you won the second half. I mean, you'd like to think so, but I think they just got sick of it. They were just like, sort of felt sorry for us. We had seven injuries. We finished the game. We had, we had five people. We had got one guy go off in the first eight minutes. We had three people off in the first 20, and we had seven people off within the like 50 minutes. So what kind of moron organized this game? Well, I don't know. Well, that was something like the year before, we'd lost to them 15-8. Oh, okay. All of our best players left school, so much so that I was captain. Yeah, there's your first clue, Kahu. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mine is a recent failure. It- is this losing the game of beer pong in which I hit seven cups in a row? And no, no, and no. You no, didn't no. even get one, and no, because I'm sure. Off and walk around the table nude. <laughs> no. Oh. But there's another one for you. <laughs> uh, yeah. This is, so this is um, when I got asked to company Sam on his inter-council sports team. I knew you were going to bring this tournament. Up. I knew it. Down in Taupo last year. And, you know, being the nice, helpful person I was, I, I agreed to go along with it. As it was supposed to just be fun and social and Sam would be there playing um, football and touch and stuff like that. And then he did some extra girls. So anyway, as it got close to the time, Sam injured himself. What kind of injury did you have? I tore my calf. You tore your calf. I blew my calf. It was a very lucky calf. So (laughs) he was unable to play in the sports day. And then to make matters worse... I think, I'm pretty sure it was a cyclone or some kind of large weather event over New Zealand that actually caused the weather that weekend to be raining and flooding in the area so badly that some people struggled to drive from Rotorua to Taupo on the day of the event. The team didn't even show up and all that sort of (laughs) shit. And it it was amazing in that the game even went ahead. So Stacey, yeah, but it did go ahead, and yeah. I was out there running around in the freezing cold rain while Sam was sitting on the sideline with his feet up, playing on his phone, and <laughs> yeah, chatting under the to tent. one of the other guys about a couple of hundred meters away from Stacey inside a tent, mm. <laughs> getting on the beers and doing nothing. So that was just a massive failure of um, actually that was Sam's failure. You're welcome, babe. I think. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Not mine. Like you've turned it into an answer, so that's good. Mm. Okay, so that moves us down to the final question. And as I mentioned at the start of the podcast, this comes courtesy of another podcast. This one is from the We Watch the Thing podcast. Used to be known as the Bears on Film. A couple of guys over in Australia that work on films have a pretty good podcast. Cheers, fellas. Yeah, cheers, guys. Perfect way to end the podcast because it coincides with what happens at the end of the film. So... Here's the question, guys. If you had to share your body with somebody else's mind for the rest of that body's life, who would it be? Um, Stephen Hawking, because I thought he was taking my body. Yeah, yeah so if you had to Which share is your body... actually right. I mean, it's kind of self-explanatory, and I, I guess I'd be doing a public service. Um, though maybe he wouldn't be as smart as he is if he had a normal body like everybody else. Stephen Hawkins is a known womanizer. Do you reckon he'd just be out on the prowl of you now that he's like, I'm free, I can do whatever I want, and he's just out trying to smash back hose? I'm okay with that. (laughs) (laughs) He he seems like a nice enough guy that he'd um, let me kind of get back out of the sunken place every now and then as well, so I think think he'd be cool with that. Cool. I've come up with someone who I think's intelligent and fascinating too, and that's Donald Trump. No. Neil deGrasse Tyson. What? Yeah. Yeah, just because it would be just so fascinating. Your mind, to eh? to know 
how he thinks and what he thinks and everything that he's learned and knows about the universe. It'd be fascinating. But he's cool and intelligent. I don't think he'd yeah. need it, either of our bodies. <laughs> yes. Ex- <laughs> well, it's not about him needing the body. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking he's going to want a cool body like my one. <laughs> Actually, I don't think there's going to be a long line for a five foot nine bald hairy man <laughs> I don't think many people would jump in my body but actually nobody was queuing up to jump in anyone's body on this movie yeah they were they were queuing up to jump in Chris's they were having the bingo thing for it no no oh yeah <laughs> I ran the wrong way again okay forget about that Stacey's had let's one cider this, and let's wrap this up okay. okay so I if I'm going to be kidnapped and held ransom I want someone who's calm peaceful and zen like and that's why I've gone with the Dalai Lama. I've already got the haircut for being a Buddhist monk. I have been called in several Asian countries Happy Buddha. Apparently Happy <laughs> Buddha is the fat Buddha. Yes, and it means you're very wealthy. You've got lots of food. You've got lots of food, yes. So I've been constantly referred to as Happy Buddha. Cambodia, Thailand, Indonesia. Yeah, there's been quite a few countries that like to refer to me as Happy Buddha. So why not the Dalai Lama? So there you go, uh, Bears on Film, uh, now known as We Watch the Thing. Hope you guys liked our answers. Massive shout-outs to you guys again. Uh, appreciate it. Feel free to comment again, uh, both you and Flixie X-Raid. Feel free to send in any questions that you've got in the future, and I will definitely endeavour to make them get on our show. Now, as I mentioned at the start of the podcast, what we are going to do this week is uh, this this podcast will come out roughly a day or two after the Oscars have been resulted. So you get to laugh at how horribly, horribly wrong we are. We're going to go through the some of the categories for the Oscars but we're going to have who we would like to win that Oscar. So, this year's nominees for actor in a leading role, Timothy Chalamet for Call Me By Your Name, Daniel Day-Lewis for Phantom Fred, Gary Oldman for The Darkest Hour, Denzel Washington for Roman J. Israel Esquire, and the star of Get Out, Daniel Kaluuya. I'm going with Gary Oldman. And I'm also going with Gary Oldman. What do you say, Co? I'm going with Daniel Day-Lewis because he's this being his last movie, supposedly, and all that. They'll go with him. Moves on to actor in a supporting role. We have William Defoe from Florida Project, Woody Harrelson and Sam Rockwell from Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, Richard Jenkins from The Shape of Water, and Christopher Plummer from All the Money in the World. Who do you guys reckon? I reckon Woody Harrelson. I reckon Sam Rockwell. Mm, interesting. Richard Jenkins, Shape of Water. Interesting. He was the best character in that movie. Okay, so moves on to the actresses category. Leading role, Sally Hawkins, Shape of Water. Frances McDormand, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Which I'm now going to call Three Billboards for the rest of this because I'm getting sick of saying the long name of it. Uh, Margot Robbie for I, Tonya. Saoirse Ronan for Lady Bird. And Meryl Streep for The Post. Frances McDormand. Yeah, I'm going with Frances. Who do you reckon? Yep, that's three. Yeah, cool. Actress supporting role, Mira J. Blige, Mudbound, Alison Janney for I, Tonya, Leslie Manville, Phantom Fred, Laurie Metcalf, Lady Bird, and Octavia Spencer for The Shape of Water. I'm going with Janney, I, Tonya. Yeah, Alison Janney. Yeah, she was amazing. Uh, I'll go with Octavia Spencer, just to be different. Mm. Oh, I don't care. Directing. Mm, she was good in that. Uh, Dunkirk, there was Christopher Nolan, Get Out was Jordan Peele, Lady Bird was Greta Gerwig, Phantom Fred, can't remember, Shape of Water was Guillermo del Toro. I've got to go with Get Out. I'm going to go with um, Shape of Water for direction. Guillermo del Toro? Yeah. I'm going to go with Greta Gerwig. For all 45 minutes I saw of Lady Bird, it was very well directed. <laughs> I fell asleep watching him. Moving on to Adapted Screenplay. Call Me By Your Name, The Disaster Artist, Logan, Molly's Game, and Mudbound. 
Uh, disaster artist. Yeah, disaster artist. Fuck you guys, Logan all the way. <laughs> nah, no way. I want that movie to win. I want people to take comic book movies seriously, and that was the most awesome comic book movie since The Dark Knight. I need to get my nerd rage under control for a minute. Let me just take details. <laughs> hey, hey we, we haven't announced the winner. We're just giving an opinion. So yeah. hold back your rage until after the <laughs> ceremony. Nobody takes this shit seriously, man. <laughs> this is the embodiment of YouTube comments. <laughs> okay, then moving on to original screenplay. The Big Sick. Oh, I love The Big Sick. Uh, Get Out, Lady Bird, Shape of Water, Three Billboards. Uh, Get Out. Yeah, I'm going with Get Out too. I am also going with Get Out. As I mentioned about the rewatchability, a lot of that comes down to the screenplay and how much stuff they jammed into this movie. Which then leads us on to the final round. Best Picture. Call Me By Your Name, Darkest Hour, Dunkirk, Lady Bird, Phantom Fred, The Post, The Shape of Water, Three Bulbals Outside Ebbing, Missouri, or Get Out. And my answer was the last film I listed. I want this film to win Best Picture. Jeez, they have a lot of nominations for this one as well, don't they? Yeah, they have up to ten. Yeah, um, yeah I'm going three billboards. I'm going to go with three billboards too. Wow. Mm. But you came home ranting about how you reckon uh, Darkest Hour was the best film we've ever seen. Oh, was it nominated? Yeah. No, 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 no. Stop. Cut. I'm going with... They're playing you off, Stacey Gavin. <laughs> I'm going with three billboards. I'm going to stick with that. Sticking with three billboards. Cool. Okay, so... Yeah, I mean, we're not going to bother with the rest of the Oscar categories because... Oh, I really wanted to do Best Animated Feature. <laughs> really? <laughs> I'm kidding. Is your answer Boss Baby? <laughs> anyway, guys, that takes us down to the end of the podcast. Once again, thanks to the podcast, FlixX Raid, and We Watch The Thing, formerly known as Bears on Film. Cheers for sending us in your questions. Thanks for everyone else that's contacted us this week. Hopefully we've made some correct Oscar picks. I'd be surprised if we actually get any right. But uh, yeah, for those listening at home, feel free to write in and tell us how stupid and dumb we are that we completely <laughs> fucking didn't pick the right ones. That'd be great. Anyway, uh, anything else that you guys like to add before we end this? Rose is red, Chris is blue. Don't go out with her because she'll kill you. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I know you think about fucking me, Rod. Ain't nobody thought about fucking you. What would you say from stupid shit? What the... You ass, fuck you. I didn't want to... Fuck you! Ah. Shit! Ah, she's so... She's a fucking... She's a... Ah, she's a genius. Sika Lisa. Wanna hang Welcome back to Dating Secrets between Sam and Stacy. Right now we have Kahu on the couch to make oh, really boy. awkward. <laughs> <laughs> I think I ended up waking up in Noah's bed on Friday morning. <laughs> that sounds really creepy, bro. <laughs> really? Stacey has no response to the smash dude. Yeah. <laughs> One beer and she's done for the evening. <laughs> yeah, and the time is now currently five o'clock. <laughs> <laughs>